Welcome to the world of digital Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Ken. This is, in fact, the Ken Burton Show. That shouldn't really come as a surprise to most of you, as you've probably clicked on the link. Uh, <laughs> guys, welcome, welcome. This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Show podcast story. And uh, many thanks to all of the absolutely fantastic comments on, on last week's, because um, it was really interesting. I spent, Christ, best part of two hours going through every comment um, and kind of looking at and trying to relate back some of the things that people were saying back to things that were actually in the uh, in the podcast itself. Now, the reason I had to do that was because I was pissed when I recorded it. And I can't remember absolutely everything I said word for word. And some people came back and said, yeah, it was bullshit, it was bullshit. And some people came back and said, I don't care if it's bullshit, love it. And some people came back and went, fuck you've had a hard life <laughs> well i am never going to tell you whether or not it was true not true or embellished or indifferent because that would get me in more trouble than it is possibly worth as is this week's probably uh but we will kick off i've got chewing gum in. can you can you tell i've got chewing gum in. oh it's getting really messy hold on mm. there we go uh so um this week's podcast story is um yeah let's let's get this out of the way some all none parts of possibly bits may or may not be true false or made up or embellished it is up to you the listener to decide whether or not you think it is fact or fiction and then put that in the comments section on the youtube video which goes up on my youtubing channel uh all characters may or may not be fictional I'm not going to tell you either way. <laughs> Although I do tend to change people's names a lot. I do tend to change names a lot. Now, uh, the way it goes is this, um, as somebody pointed out to me. I do seem to do a dark podcast. Do you know what? I was I was maybe within a hair's breadth of not uploading that last week. Because I couldn't remember what I'd said. One. I couldn't be bothered to listen to it over two and three i figured it was libelous <laughs> oh dear right okay so this week we're going to talk about mobile phones now no, i know what you're going to say yeah we know all about mobile phones nothing you can fucking tell us about mobile phones okay all right well we're going to kick this one off back in the dark days of christ when was it Thinking about it, Jesus. The reason why I, I remembered this one actually is because I saw something on the TV the other day and I thought, fucking, I'd forgotten completely about that. And I phoned my mate and said, you know, do you remember that? And he was like, do I remember it? <laughs> oh, God. He's been trying to forget it ever since, I think. Um, right, okay. We're going back to the days, uh, early 90s. I'm thinking, yeah, early 90s, and I'm probably early 20s. Yeah, very much early 20s. Now, you know, those of you who listen to podcasts will know what I did for a living and how I did it and, you know, who we work for and, you know, the errands we used to run for people that were seriously connected within the uh, Coventry scene. 
and uh, how we kind of just bat battled on on the fringes of that. Well, this is no exception. You know, this today's story is no exception to that. We were, in fact, um, in a nightclub, if I remember correctly, <coughs> when this kicked off. And uh, guy comes into the nightclub and he's carrying... I, now, if I've got the name wrong, I apologise, but I think they were called um, microtacks or something like that. But they were the very first commercially available mobile phones. All right, the, the only way I can describe them is like a breeze block with a handset on the top and a fucking great big aerial. <laughs> you seriously? could not hold one of these things in your hand for very long because it was too heavy. Oh, God, it was they were unbelievable. So, me and the boys were in a nightclub, right? And we're bopping away. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody says, oh, fuck me, you've got to go and have a look at that. I said, what is it? He said, oh, Mad Mix over there with a the mobile phone. I went, what? You're joking me. He said, no, he's got a big crowd around him now. Look, oh, fucking hell. And uh, true enough, loads of people in the nightclub just stopped what they were doing and went over to go and see Mad Mick's phone. And it, it was truly unbelievable. We got him a drink. The DJ stopped the music. He's <laughs> he wanted to have a look as well. No one, had, None of us had ever actually seen one of these things apart from on the telly. Um, and they had the, they had started to put them in cars at this point, and uh, there were literally a handset in a car, but um, none of us had seen an actual mobile mobile. So anyway, Mad Mix in the corner, and we make our way to the front of this and go, uh, "Hey, Mickey, how's it going, man?" And he's like, "Oh, right, boys, how you fucking doing?" Because that's the way he spoke. <laughs> it was. It's bloody hell, what you got there then, Mick? This is a mobile phone, and it means that I am constantly in touch with people that want to get hold of me, innit? <laughs> right, okay. And it's, that is absolutely brilliant. Do, do you mind if I feel the weight of it? No. I don't want you lifting this thing in case you drop it. And this is worth like a lot of money. Down in the smoke, they pay three grand for one of these. Well, fucking hell, what'd you pay for yours then? I paid no more than five. 500 quid? Yeah, 500 quid. Fucking hell, that's a good deal, isn't it? You're telling me, boy. You're telling me. I said, where'd you get it from then? I might go and have, well, you know, and it, we started to talk about where he got it from and, you know, and then he said, uh, you know, you boys might be able to help me out, actually. And we're like, why is that then? He said, I've got to take a shitload of these down to the smoke. Oh, right, okay. Do you guys fancy doing it for me? And I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'll uh, give you the, the dosh for it, like. I said, yeah, of course. So how many you got to go down? He said, well, it's, I was going to make a few trips because there's a lot. So, well, how many is a lot? He said, 130. <laughs> I can't imagine where he got 130 of these mobile phones. <laughs> oh, God, dying. Okay, so, um, 
we said, yeah, give us a call uh, tomorrow and uh, we'll get it sorted out. Boston, I'll see you guys tomorrow. So anyway, nine o'clock the following morning and everyone's been talking about Mickey's, Mad Mickey's Mobile and uh, been chatting away about how brilliant it was and all this lot. <coughs> a few beers, went to bed and didn't really think an awful lot of it. Maybe I'd get a call from Mickey, maybe I wouldn't. Oh yeah, just one other thing. Why did they call him Mental Mickey? Uh, well, it was a combination of things, really. We called him Mad Mickey and Mental Mickey. We called him both things because, A, he had been in a mental institution after he got mad and bit somebody's finger off. <laughs> That's why we called him Mad Mickey. <laughs> it wasn't just a bit of the finger. He took the whole fucking thing. Oh, God, right, okay, uh, get back, get back, right, so, anyway, uh, sure enough, following day, 10 o'clock, the phone rings, I'm in bed, got a hangover, few of the boys have stayed over at the flat, somebody get a fucking phone, I went, oh, Jesus Christ, me fucking head, oh, no, and the Alka-Seltzer's on, you know, fizzing away in the glass as if it's napalm, and, uh, you know, I, I grabbed the phone, and it's like, And then it went dead, and then it rang again, and it was fuck it, I'm coming over. <laughs> oh, half an hour later, ring on the doorbell, and man, Mickey's there, and he's like, fucking mobile phone. <laughs> oh shit. Anyway. Um, he basically said to us that um, it was uh, Big Tony that was uh, doing this deal with these guys in the smoke. But what we'd need to do is take like like uh, quite a few cars with us, as many cars as we need to get these phones in. And they don't want them on display just in case we get pulled by the Rosas. So they're all in the boot. All right. So you're going to need a few motors. So, right, okay, well, we'll get, what, 135, so I reckon we pack them in, we'll get them in three cars, we put them in the footwells and stuff, and put a blanket over them, as well as the boots, so, and one of the boys had got an estate he'd been knocking around, so we thought, you know, we'll get quite a few of them in that, so, anyway, we said, yeah, not a problem, and we're doing, you know, we're going to do this for uh, Tony, so, right, okay, you know, big Tony's all right, he's a very connected guy, he'd given us some work in the past, he was all right, it's a good bloke. So anyway, he, um, uh, this is Mickey, got on the blower to Tony and said, uh, I'm not doing this job, Tony, I'm going to end it off. <laughs> now, Tony was absolutely fine with it. He didn't matter, right? He said, come down to the warehouse and bring the motors and we'll get it loaded up and we'll get them down to smoke. Right, okay. So we all got dressed, got washed, got showered, got sorted, and then we went off down to uh, the warehouse. And uh, sure enough, you know, as we pull up, there's two, there's two fucking guys. I mean, how how these guys thought they were not inconspicuous in any way was beyond me. I mean, you pull up to the to an industrial estate. There's a big chain link fence and a big set of gates, and then there's two guys stood there in fucking suits at this gate on an industrial estate I mean it was so dodgy it really was anyway 
the guys opened the gates and we drove the cars in. We drove the cars straight into the warehouse, boxes everywhere. And uh, Tony said, I'll tell you what, I will give you, and this is a special deal just for you, don't tell anyone else I've done this, I will give you a phone if you do this job for me. Ooh, what? One of these breeze blocks? Yes, I will give you a breeze block. Ooh, fucking hell. I rather fancy one of those. <laughs> I don't care if they don't work. I can say I've got a mobile phone. So, and the, uh, the other couple of the other guys um, that were driving as well, they said, yeah, I'm up for that. Fucking hell, yeah. So, anyway, uh, there were boxes and boxes and boxes of these, and there were some out on the counter. And he said, right, here's one for you, here's one for you, and here's one for you. Here's the address you're delivering them to. Go on, on your way. So we're like, oh, fucking hell, brilliant. Okay. So anyway, we did get all 130 phones in the car. But the suspension on the estate <laughs> was very, very low. <laughs> we didn't honestly think we were going to get there. So off we go. And we're out of Coventry and we're down the M1. And we're giving it large as we're, as we're doing this. And I'm pissing around with my mobile phone. Now, the only two numbers that I've got in this mobile phone are the two guys I'm with. And likewise, they've got my number. So I was phoning them up and going, wait, wait. And they're going, what? And they're going, fuck off. And then put the phone down. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, so we were doing this all the way down. Uh, down there now the all of these phones that were live were all on a contract right with the, some bloody company i can't remember and uh what we'd arranged for with tony in case you're wondering was that tony would just forward us the bills and we'd pay him the monthlies and so you know the phones would say in his name i doubt very much they're in his name to be honest but <laughs> He didn't want anything registered to him, and he certainly didn't want anything registered to us, and we didn't. So that's how we got around it. So anyway, so we started off um, our journey down at the smoke, and we phoned each other up, we're pissing around. And uh, then my phone rings, and I answer it, and, and just went, wanga, And <laughs> the voice on the other end went, who's this? I went, uh, it's Ken. He went, is this Tony? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tony, I thought it was someone else. What do you mean you thought it was fucking someone else? <laughs> I forgot to mention, you're picking up a package from these gentlemen and bringing that back directly to me. Oh, right, okay, all right, not a problem. We'll uh, we'll get that done. All right, bye now. <coughs> Phone went down. So we get to uh, the address in London, and it's in uh, Hammersmith. And, you know, with Little Estate in Hammersmith, we dropped off these, uh, well, we pulled in, met the guys, shook hands, and the guys were like, you know, what they like. And we're looking at each other going, they're all right as long as they work. You know, if, if you know, you need to be practically next to a telephone master to make them work. But And they were like, yeah, yeah, we've heard that. So anyway, they took all of these, and they, they unloaded the cars, which was really nice, and while they made us coffee. And uh, then... I said, like, there's a package to be collected. And this bloke went, you are right, son. There is a fucking package to be fucking collected, you fucker. And he, <laughs> he went off into a little office, came out with um, what I would describe as a... 
bundle, if you like. It was in brown paper with tape on it, and there was no writing on it or anything. It was obviously money because you could feel it, and it was maybe, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half by one foot by about a foot deep. A little bit less than a foot deep, maybe half a foot deep. Right, so anyway, so I took this package from him uh, and he said, I'm going to bell Tony, make sure that he knows you're on the way. And thanks very much, gentlemen. I will see you soon. Cheers, buddy. Away we go. So, tankering up the M1, right? And uh, then um, we're like, Christ, halfway up there, all of a sudden, traffic, loads and loads of traffic. And we're thinking, fuck me. And uh, my phone goes, and it was one of the boys, and he went, right, I said, right, I know a shortcut, we can avoid this, right, you fucking lead on, McDuff, we're following. So anyway, we followed him, he came off at a junction, Do you know, I can't even remember to this day what junction it was, and we ended up down B roads and A roads and B roads, and a little bit more A road and a bit of B road, and then there was a calf, a roadside calf. And so we pulled in to the roadside calf, thinking we're fucking lost. <laughs> and we all get out and said, right, OK, um, we're not lost. This is the road. It's going to take us directly to, uh, I think it was the A5, the Fosway. I can't remember. So it's going to take us all the way to that. And that'll take us all the way in the country. Right. OK, let's go and do that, the boys. All right. Uh, and then one of the boys went, I'm fucking starving. <laughs> Can we at least get some food? So, yeah, all right, that's a good idea. We all went to walk into the calf, and I thought, ah, uh, hold on a minute, boys. I'm not leaving that in the car. I went back to my car, got the package, and we went in. So we get in, put the package down, and uh, took our coats off, and we just, you know, waited, and the waitress came over, and we ordered ordered a big breakfast, and, you know, we're all chomping away, talking about these phones and laughing our cocks off about how stupid these things are. And all three of us, by the way, had brought them in with us. <laughs> and we're getting all sorts of funny looks from people. And people are actually stopping us. They walk past the table going, is that one of those new mobile phones? Yeah. Can I borrow it? No, you fucking can't. Piss off. Jesus Christ. I can't. I hate to think what the bills were like in those days. It must have been huge. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we sit there, we have a uh, bit of food, uh, we finish our coffees, we grab our shit and then go. So we get back into the cars and we go, are you sure we go that? Yeah, yeah definitely we're going that way, we're going to hit the Fosway, we'll go up Fosway. So anyway, we're, we're like a minute up this road and I looked down on the passenger seat and I thought, where's the package? Oh, fuck. You are fucking jesting me. Jesus Christ. And I slammed the anchors on. The guys behind, actually, one, one was in front, the other one behind. The one behind nearly went into me, flashing the lights at the guy in front. He stopped, and he came diving out of his car. What's up? What's up? And there's people behind us. Beep, beep. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I said, the package is back at the fucking calf. I've left it. So anyway, I put put my boot down in my in my capri, and uh, the, right. So we've got a 
we've got a Cortina Estate, we've got a Cortina, and we've got my Capri, and those are our three cars. That's right. So I boot it in my two litre S. Wheels spinning all over the place, there's fucking dust everywhere. Instant three point turn, straight back to the calf, closely followed by the other blokes. I'm pulling up towards the calf. As I'm pulling up towards the calf, there's a, a an escort, a red escort, pulling out. And together with that, we pull up to the calf. There's a, a couple of people just getting in another car, which was a, a white Citroen fucking something or other. And they pulled out as well. We came jamming out of our cars, running the calf, look on the thing. Package is gone. Fuck. Oh, fuck. I can't believe this. I'm thinking, you know, 130 times 500 quid. <gasps> I am in serious, serious shit creek. So, the only thing I could think of doing, I said to the to the uh, bird, the waitress bird, I said, did you see a package on this chair after we left? She said, no, love. I said, right, nobody, any of the other waitresses got, may have taken it. No, there's only me here and Sid. Oh, fuck. Right. Sid didn't take it. No, Sid's not here now. Fucking hell. Right, okay. So what I said to one of the boys was, uh, basically, you come out of here and turn left. Go and see if you can track the Citroen down and stop him. I'm going right to see if we can get the Escort move it and we all went diving out the calf jumped in the cars and we shot off tire smoke everywhere dust all over the place and we absolutely tanked it now in the back of my head was well it, these guys might not have picked it up really i mean somebody else could have, i mean it was literally maybe three minutes before i realized i hadn't got the package but somebody could have just walked out straight after us got in the car and gone and we would have had no fucking idea what was going on i am shitting myself absolutely shitting myself phone rings and it's one of the boys citron white behind right fine keep following him pull him over get the package if he's got it yeah, okay, will do. Phone goes down. Guy in front of me, who is uh, in the uh, estate car, he's booting it like, you know, I mean, he's overtaking like a fucking madman trying to get, you know. Now, we know that we hadn't crossed that many T-junctions. If he was heading in that direction, he was either going one of two ways. He was going to a village or he was going to the motorway, one or the other. There wasn't anywhere else he could have gone. So I phoned him and I said, right, we get to the village turn. You go right, I'll head for the motorway. Keep in touch. So anyway, I headed to the motorway. Came up to the island for the motorway. Hung a right because that was heading towards London. I couldn't believe that the guy would have gone left uh, because it was still chock-a-block traffic. And he, in fact, you could see it for fucking miles going down the motorway. So anyway, I've um, I've booted it, and I'm on the chase. I'm trying to find this red escort. 
I must have been on the motorway for 10 miles and I'm doing well over 100 miles an hour well over I mean that I'm straining this Capri to the last of its bollocks now this the Capri fortunately was a beautiful two litre S it had got racing carbs on it it had got a stage two head on it and the thing was a fucking goer I mean it really was a, a boys car and uh, big alloys and it was lovely so anyway I'm belting it down looking for this car as I'm going and I'm thinking this is impossible he could turn off at a junction any minute he could turn off at a junction I've got to get to him before the next junction so anyway I've, I must have been uh, maybe on the road for another 10 minutes after that absolutely nothing and I'm thinking I must have caught him by now must have so anyway phone rings my mate chasing down the Citroen Citroen's clean bloke and his mate nothing in it right okay uh, go back to Coventry mate I'll see you there okay we'll do so he's gone off he's out of it it's this red escort it has to be this fucking red escort so what I did was um, basically boot my car even more strain the engine to its nth degree and then I phoned my other mate who was in the estate car anything at all anything at all no can't find anything there's nothing here Ken he could have gone anywhere in this village there's nothing here I'm chasing the side streets on the village now and then I'll go right through the village fucking hell and then I saw it I saw a red escort and I'm thinking I don't even know his number plate I, don't, I have no idea what his number plate is is that him is that not him what oh shit I got right side by side and uh, I hit my horn he looked at me and I pointed down as if to say tyre and I was mouthing tyre and he put a thumbs up pulled over to the hard shoulder and I pulled up with him well I got out and I'm just I just couldn't believe what I'd done and I went up to him and I said were you in the calf up the road he went yeah I said you didn't pick a package up did you he went no mate I said look I'm not being funny mate but that package means a lot to me and it's going to mean a lot to me keeping my arms and legs so if you've got that package I want it and the bloke went I ain't got your fucking package I said I'm going to need to look in your car mate he said you ain't looking in my car so I'm sorry buddy but I'm going to need to look in your car well we wrangled about this for a couple of minutes and he was giving it over the over my dead body and I'm giving it yeah well if that's what it takes mate but I am looking in your car so anyway I'm thinking I've got nothing with me I've you know I didn't bring any any tool or anything if this goes down it's going to be fisticuffs and I am fucking shit at fisticuffs I'm just oh god I, I was always getting beat up whenever I got into a fight I would lose every fucking time I mean I, I was just, just terrible 
Oh dear. I said to this guy, it's your last chance, mate. You know, you go home with a straight face or you go home with a really beat up fucking face. Either way. And anyway, he stood to the side and he went, go and look in the fucking car then. Looked in his car, nothing. Nothing. And I walked away from him and he he's going, you fucking satisfied now, are you? Are you fucking satisfied now, you fucking idiot? I didn't even speak to him. I just got back in my car and I drove off. Got to the next junction, 180, headed the other direction. Traffic was starting to clear at this point. So I came off at the same junction that I'd come off before. And I thought that the only thing I can do now is go and quiz the uh, waitress to see who left after I did. And if by some miracle she might have known who he was. I mean, they do get regulars in these places. So anyway, I I drove over and I phoned the boys, and uh, I said to my mate with the estate, I said I'm I'm heading back to the cuff. I found the escort; he hasn't got it. My mate with the estate said I'll meet you there. I'm still in the village. And I phoned my other mate, and I said, uh, you know, just give an update on what was going on really. And and he said to me, uh, Oh, Tony phoned me a minute ago. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> now, it wasn't the brightest spark. <laughs> oh, God. I said, what'd you tell him? He said, I told him we'd left the package in a calf, but it was all right because we were going to go and get it. <gasps> God, kill me now. Kill me now. Oh, Jesus. I didn't have the words. I just didn't have the words. I just hung up. Last thing I heard him say was, he's trying to get hold of you. I fucking bet he is. Oh, shit. We pull up at the calf and uh, got out and said to the waitress, um, you don't by any chance know if somebody walked straight after us or they came near that chair or they <sighs> is there any way somebody could have picked up a package that I left on that chair and she said uh, well probably I said what do you mean probably she said well Sid left straight after you I said, you said Sid wasn't here. No, he wasn't here. Not when you came. Not when you came to ask about the package, he wasn't here. He was here when you guys were here before and then he left just after you. He was going to try and catch you up. A Sid got our package. I, he just said, uh, I'm just, just going to run up the road so I can get these guys. I've left something. Oh my God, where is Sid? Please tell me where Sid is. I need to know where Sid is now. Tell me where he is now and I'll marry you, you ugly bitch. Oh, God. She said he's in the back. Oh, fuck. Oh, dear. 
I walked towards the door uh, that had private written on it and I knocked on it and this voice went come in I went hello are you Sid <laughs> he went yes I said I think you picked up my package he went oh yeah and it was on a chair sat next to him and he gave us the package and uh, I said to him you are really a top bloke for trying to get this back to us he said well I, I figured you might realise you know but I didn't know if you were going to fucking Scotland you could have been you know 10 hours away before you realised he said so I'll, ch I'll chase you down but I couldn't get you he said, and then all of a sudden I saw you guys coming in the other fucking direction. He said, I said yeah, we came back to find it. I said, oh, right. <laughs> and then we must have missed him coming back. I took the package. I gave Sid 20 quid, which was a lot of money in those days. And then I went outside, got in the car, and my phone is ringing. And I picked up the handset and Tony went, where's my fucking package? I said, Tony, it's next to me. What? What's this I've been hearing about? You've lost it. Oh, fucking hell. <coughs> Tony, that's just... Blah, blah, blah. He's a bit of an idiot. He means that we'd lost him on the way back. He didn't know where we were. I mean, obviously, we've got your package. <laughs> So anyway, we all tank back to uh, Coventry. Uh, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm so sweaty at this point that my shirt was actually dripping wet. <laughs> oh, God. I, I got a splitting headache. I thought my brain was going to explode. But we drive back to the warehouse. All, th all three of us, because... Uh, my mate uh, that had chased down the Citroen, the guy in the Cortina, he'd met us there. <laughs> we walked in and t I gave the package over to Tony. Tony looked really suspicious <laughs> he handed the package to his mate. And his mate opens it up, went, yeah, it's good. So Tony looks at us, he walks past the line of the three of us. And my mate who'd got the Cortina he slapped him around the head when you fucking muppet. <laughs> and he went, what have I done, Tone? What have I done? <laughs> oh, God. And he just said, job well done, boys. Thanks very much. Enjoy your phones. And I will forward you your first first bill when they come in. So, yeah, cheers, Tone. <laughs> Oh dear. So I had that phone for, oh God, probably, probably about two months I had that for. And then uh, I decided that it wasn't worth it, really, because it was a, it was a bit of a magnet. I, could, I had to take it with me everywhere or somebody was going to rob it out of the car. So there was, and if you can't put it in your car, there's no fucking point. And it's too big 
to put it in the glove box or hide it anywhere. Someone, and as soon as people know you've got shit like that, they'll do you for it anyway. So I thought this is fucking madness. So I went back a couple of months after I got it, went back to see Tony. And uh, he took it back off me, gave me uh, 300 quid for it, which is um, basically what, you know, he paid. Uh, so... I mean, he was selling them for five, but he got them for three. So anyway, give me 300 quid. Said, you know, not a problem, not a problem. And then uh, I think I, I was waiting then for quite a while until the Motorola's came out. The, uh, the the actual kind of, you know, not a breeze block, but a, a big sort of lump of cheese Motorola with a big fuck off aerial on the top of it. I got one of those. And that was no bad. <laughs> still shit it's absolutely crap but um it's quite funny really because I, I try and give you a little bit of philosophy in these podcast stories on occasions and this one's no different in life <laughs> you can go from elation to the depths of despair at the turn of a clock you can go from feeling so secure in your skin to feeling incredibly vulnerable with a smile. Never back away from what life throws at you. Always keep plugging forward. And I guess if you expect the worst, then when it does happen, it comes as no surprise. We always, all of us, walk round with one eye open and halfway round our shoulder. Always. Because that was the place we grew up. And do you know it was the best part of 20 years before I stopped doing that? crazy stuff guys I really hope you've enjoyed this one I remember that time so fondly I remember the sheer panic I remember the joy I remember the uh, cracking open of various bottles of stuff when we got it all sorted <laughs> and uh, I remember my mate who never understood why Tony thought he was a plonk. <laughs> because we never told him. <laughs> oh, this has been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show podcast story. And as ever, I will see you on the dark side. Guys, if you're listening to this, waiting to go to sleep, you may sleep now. Pleasant dreams to you. If you're listening to this on the train, pleasant journey. And if you're just chilling listening to this, may your gods be with you. I'll see you later, guys. Take care. Welcome to the world of digital sound. Shutting down all systems.